0: On this episode of A State of Control, we continue the conversation about managing programmers. We talk about what are the skills that a manager needs? How does a manager stay relevant when it comes to their technical side? And what are the business aspects that are required to make a manager successful? All that and more on A State of Control.
1: The network for the AV industry. Are
2: you listening to
3: this? This is a V this.
2: this 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 is, is A V Nation.
0: Nation. This is Nation. A V Nation.
2: A state of control.
0: a State of Control? Episode 90. Managing Programmers, Part 2, Process. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt, I'm your host, and thanks for joining us today. So if you haven't already listened to our past episode, I recommend you do that. That was episode 89, because this one is part two of that. So we're going to continue our conversation about what it means to manage programmers. And we have two, uh, in addition to Rich and myself, two guests who have had experience with that and are going to continue that conversation with us. And before we jump in, I want to welcome and say hi to my partner here at a state of control, Rich Fergosa. How are you, Rich?
1: I'm doing good. Hey, 22. It is uh, our, our first show of 22. So, mellow greetings from the west coast. I know you guys are a little little snowed in on your side. We've just got you know, it's it's not exactly balmy here, but I'm I'm not nowhere near what you're dealing with.
0: Yeah, it's not not so bad where I am, but it's funny south. Uh, southeast is a little bit uh, worse than northeast right now, but uh, um, and we're going to be approaching episode 100 this year, so it's going to be a big year for us. Um, so let, let's say hi to the guests who were with us last time. And I'm going to welcome them back. And first off, he is Dave Hatz, and he's from Room Ready. Welcome, Dave. How are you?
3: Hey, doing awesome. Uh, Excited to kick uh, 22 off with uh, this group here and a really awesome topic. Something I'm really excited about.
0: Same, I appreciate that. And uh, welcome back for a second appearance here at A State of Control. And uh, he's Mike Krejci and he's from CTI. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for being with us.
2: Thanks, Steve. Uh, It's glad to be back on uh, another episode here and continuing our conversation from uh, last month.
0: And that will do. Um, So we, we talked a lot about the soft side of management last time and it was really important for us to do that we talked a little bit about empathy we talked about being able to relate to the people that you're working with and and what what are those skills that it takes to be a successful manager and how do those different differ from being a programmer so we're going to delve a little bit it back into that but we're also going to talk about what it takes to Refine and maintain the technical skills that a manager needs, as well as all the other skills that a manager needs to be successful. And um, Rich, let's let's first kick it off. We talked, you know, about the fact that a the evolution of a programmer is not necessarily a manager. Uh, uh, what should someone think about before they get into management, and um, and how and and what, what's kind of like the litmus test? you feel to see if somebody's ready for that type of transact transition because it really is a different skill set and a different way of thinking
1: you know it's we were just talking off air right before we started there's it generally speaking in our side of the business and specifically the programming side of the business um you become um a manager, or the, the head of an organization, whether you're the owner, the owner of the company or you're in the, the management role, there's only two ways that it happens. Um, one is going to be you volunteer and you have the crazy idea that this is what you want to do and you just kind of throw caution to the wind. Or two, you're drafted and volunteered into the process and <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily by choice that you get into it. Um, that's the first part. Honestly, it, it, it's, if where you're at in your programming career, and again, I'm speaking to maybe people starting out in their programming career, or they're looking for new challenges in their career, right? Um, you know, when you're starting out, it's, it's you're just gathering as much information as you can. The thought of managing and expanding beyond getting the job done is a little off in the distance at that point. but but say you're, you're reaching, you know, kind of the adolescence of your career, right? You, you've, you, you're, you're able to walk steadily, you're able to run, you know, you, you, you know, you, you can count all your fingers and toes in terms of what, what you're doing technically. And if you feel the need inside, like, you know what, you know, I, I can do more, you, that, that desire in yourself, of like, I, I can do more. I'm, not challenged, right? It's like, you know, If it, typically the programmers are the ones that were back in school that always on the report card would be like, talks too much in class because finished early and needs a challenge, right? I mean, that's that's a trait that a lot of them, like if I talk to guys, they share because they got bored easy, because they picked up information so quickly, they got bored. And, and so they were looking for something to do. Um, if that is a recurring trend, in your career, then absolutely that that is a, a wonderful next step for you because you're growing as a person, you're growing as a business person, as a professional. That is a very organic way to get into it. If that thought, you know, go, you know, gives you night sweats, or if you think that you have to hold a meeting, or you've got to hold people accountable, or you know, it's something other than you. Then it's that step back to determine. It's it's you know we we're just saying earlier it's okay to say that's not me. You know that it's 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 business is not you know they always talk about climbing the ladders of business right. It's okay to stay on a rung. Nobody's saying you have to go to the next one. If if the view is high enough and you like it, it's still a nice view. Um. So you know that again here's the West Coast vibe right. You know what fulfills you. You know what if if you wake up and you're like chomping at the bit, that's going to tell you something. But if you're waking up and all of a sudden it's like, you've got to be part of a programming team or you've got to be part of a production meeting or all of these things. And if you're dreading it and you're the one who's attending it, trust me, you don't want to be the one who's running it. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, that is the part, like I said, the organic thing. The other side is just, you know, sometimes it's just the way the company's growing, right? It's just the way things fall into place. I was never a programmer by trade it was never my does you know it was never my my track i i started out uh you know i went to film school you know i started out on the design side and i was always involved in computers but the only reason why i got into control system programming is because my programmer left i had sold the project and he left and my client said Well, great. I feel bad for you, but I paid you and you still got to get it done. And I always tell the story that I locked myself in my office for two and a half weeks. And this was in 1990, you know, and I taught myself the original DOS-based, you know, uh, restaurant programming. And so, you know, in workshop. Um, And so that became just, you know, just the way that the circumstances took me down that road. If you're part of an organization um, that may be certain, and i, you know, I there's going to be a story coming up about this and and sometimes that's good because i think that a lot of times you know here's the flip side of the programmer mindset right um we we also have um we, we have some confidence issues in terms of what our real skill set is and what we're capable of and so it's also easy to think well i'm just a programmer i only like dealing with you know the technical side of things i could never i don't do people right i don't do people um and and i think that the other side is great because it does allow people who thought they were on a single track but really had so many talents it forces them outside of their comfort zone you know I, it'd be great if it could happen some way uh, you know a little bit easier where you're not thrown in the deep end but i've heard many many stories and a lot of people that i know who are successful in this industry They were just tossed in on the deep end just by... it. Just They had to, because nobody else was doing it. And so they learned as they were going through. I don't necessarily recommend it, but be prepared for it if you're going to be in this industry. Because it could happen. I mean, the the, the percentages are there. Um, But regardless, you, you still have to love it. You still have to care about that product, whatever it is. And whether you're actually compiling it and loading it yourself or handing that baby off to somebody else, if you still feel that pride, that's a good place to start from, you know, internally. How do you feel about it? Like when you wrap a project, how do you feel? What are the things that you look forward to on the next one? And that tends to be kind of the key um, as, as to where that career track is going to go.
0: Dave, uh, I want to uh, let you comment on the you know, the the idea of, you know, whether you're doing this voluntarily, whether you think it's going to get you to where you want to be in your career, whether it's something that you're looking to be able to be more compensated for. Um, do you think that managing and getting into that side of the business requires a background in business and because it really the the, 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 the focus changes quite a bit.
3: Does it require it? It requires that you get there if you want to be good, but it doesn't require that you have to start with it. Again, to Rich's point, many of us just got thrown in at various points in our career, whether it was when we we're talking, getting to the business side or just learning programming. And so I think it's important to know and to be self-aware of what are you good at? Sort of where Richie was just saying, where, what are you good at? What do you enjoy? And where do you want to get to? If you can bookend and understand where you are, where you want to go, now you can chart a journey. And that's the key to it all. It's it's understanding, okay, if I want to get to this destination, I've always wanted to lead the programming team for my my organization. Okay, well, maybe there's an opportunity today that opens up and that seat is readily available. You can apply or you get thrown into it. More likely though, there's a progression to get to that destination. Maybe it's you start working on the larger projects. Maybe you've been, again, if you're in that sort of, you know, that adolescence of your career, maybe you, you ask for a little more responsibility. Prove, start proving yourself and your ability to, to more effectively manage portion, your portion of the project. Um, you know one of the areas that I look at a lot is many organizations on a monthly or a quarterly basis start show, you know, or will share some level of financial review. How was the company or the quarter for the company? How was the month for the company? Start to pay attention in those. Ask whether it's the person delivering the message, your supervisor or someone in between. Ask questions, start to understand the messaging that you're getting in those presentations. Um, start to understand what's important to the, the business leaders, both the leaders over you know, the programming team or the technology team, but also the business leaders, the, the, the operations side of the business, um, the, the, the leadership of the business. Start to understand, and if you if you don't can't pick it up or it's not clear, ask some questions start to expose yourself to the different aspects of how your company runs. Because it's very likely there's a lot that you've just never, it it happens every day, you just haven't been in a seat that's ever been exposed to it. So the first thing becomes really awareness. To start looking around and seeing what's out there that you can absorb, that you can ask questions about. Because two things happen. One, you get smarter every bit of that builds a better perspective that will serve you later but also it starts to show your initiative it starts to show others in the organization that you care about more than just programming that you have other interests third thing I would say is talk with your supervisor and make sure they're clear where you want to get to don't go into that meeting obviously saying I want your seat but frame it as as i i want to understand what opportunities i have for growth in this company i have a few ideas of what things that that are are i'm passionate about or i would like to grow into and one of those options you know one of those areas i'd really like to grow into is leading teams i think eventually i could be really a really valuable contributor if to lead you know the programming team or the engineering team or you know, maybe I want to grow to the point where I'm leading all of IT for our organization. Whatever that path is, make sure your your supervisor, your manager knows that you have that aspiration because they also are exposed to things you're not. And so let them be an advocate for you. Let them help you find opportunities. Again, it won't be necessarily pluck you right where you want to get to, but let them help inch that path forward for you. Um, because I can't tell you again, so much of where we've all gotten to is being in the right place at the right time. And part of that is right place means somebody else can help get you there or nudge you there.
0: I, I, I think that's a really tremendous advice for somebody that, that wants to go, um, and knows where they want to go and, and certainly fi- find the path to get there. Um, Mike I I, I want to uh, have you share um you know sometimes that path isn't very clear you know and and it and sometimes um as Dave brought up I think there's a few different things to think about when it comes to management or being in this role one he, he keyed in on was leader which I think is really important and then another one is you know managing a project versus managing a team um can can you talk a little bit about the differences between them? Um, because I think that that's kind of important to point out and, and is there a correlation to, um, be managing a big project? Um, and then saying that I have, um, the ability to, to more so manage my, uh, a group in my organization, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And first I want to wonder how Rich, uh, saw my school report cards back in the day. Uh, not sure how he got those, but, uh, Good on you for that. Um, um, I think one of the things, right, is Dave was talking about finding a spot is finding where weaknesses are in your organization and see how you can fill them, right? If If we can find, oh, this is a job that's failing. I'm gonna go in and help out on it. Hey, put me in coach. You know, it might not be the most glamorous situations, but it shows your initiative or we're not doing good at reporting this. Let me figure out how to fix it. Where are our problems in the organization in volunteering for those tasks then gets you a good way into leadership as well. Um, and that's a good step. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on that. Um, managing a project at a team, there's similarities, right? We, we have goals for a project, uh, you know you have to get it done in this many hours. The due dates, this date, we have to get there. You're collaborating with the team, getting everybody motivated. Um, that's one mentality, but you're very short-termed. Managing a team, you're long-termed. You know we have short-term goals, but we're looking at what's going to happen in the next year, the next two years, the next three years. How can I better this? better the team over the long haul, make, make my guys better, make our, our procedures better to, to fix it for five years down the road and not necessarily, what do we have to do to get this project done next month? I think that's the big difference in the project leadership and the team leadership is the, the term of our, of our goals there.
0: I, I, uh, I, I I think that those are really important points, and and I want to um, continue that conversation a little bit um, with Rich and talking a little bit about the financial aspects, because we you know we, we've said before the brothers got to eat, right? So we we you know it's, it's, when it comes down to it, businesses stay in business because they're profitable, and sometimes programmers may struggle with balancing getting the job done. The quality, the, the, um, the, the, the art of what they do, and also figuring out how to make that into a, a profitable um, venture. Um, but a manager needs that, that's, that's a critical aspect of what they do. How, how do you flip that switch?
1: Well, first off, if if your pay is is directly tied to your ability to get the job done profitably, um, you're gonna have a whole lot more motivation all of a sudden to, to pay more attention. So, um, it, it, you know, yeah, it's it's you know, and again, it also depends on on how the programming company is set up, right? If all of a sudden you've got performance goals and you've got team goals and you've got incentives, and you know, I mean, again, it's like anything else, right? You finish late. You're costing the company money. You know, we may not dock you, but, you know, we're not necessarily going to be super happy about it if it's chronic. Um, But if you're under and we're profitable and, and, you know, we're getting things done and it's just helping things overall, then at that point you should be sharing it. And something that, you know, you learn, you know, it's again, it's it's programming is a bit of a solo sport. You know, it's 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 not completely isolated because you still have to play with others in the sandbox. It's the nature of integration, right? Is to bring others in, um, but it's not completely a team sport. And so, collaboration is uh, something's got to be learned along the way. And and fortunately, I think that's one of the easier transitions. I think that, and that's also maturity um, as well. That that's just getting past your ego it. Uh, you know, what's what's the uh, the cliche is that a program's never done. It's just done for today. Uh, you know, it's it's learning to get out of that mindset. It's learning to be OK with delivering what was asked for. You can always get better. You can always get more efficient. I mean, that's the beauty. That is the art. Right. That is if you want to talk about the craftsmanship, you know, and elegance of what we do. Yeah. Those are the things that nobody ever sees because it's all under the hood. But there is that satisfaction and and that's going to be a constant refinement as you get better in your career your code will get better um so making that transition to determine look this is what's asked for this is a result this is a tool you know you're not using it every day let's focus on the people who are and if the people who are it gets everything that needs to be done that's fantastic because it just builds it further out But it is, you know, fortunately, it is that easier one. And and that comes from process, right? The better your process is starting in, the better and the easier to transition over to to switch out. If you're in a company that is just endlessly caught up in scope creep, just every single job is scope creep, right? Every single job is miscommunication. Every single job requires the owner of the company to come out and talk to X, Y, Z the process itself isn't lending it to making it easier for you to make that transition because the process, you know, and again, that's the perfect opportunity, right? Hey, there's something here that's fundamentally out, you know, it's it's, it's skewed. Maybe I can help tweak that back in. I know that's what Mike provided a lot, you know, initially was getting in and, and streamlining and optimizing and saying, hey, we're growing. There's gonna be more people coming soon. And we got to figure this out before they get here, not when they're here. Um, And so, uh, you know, I think that that one honestly goes back towards the company culture first. If you learn good habits, if you learn good process, and if you're consistent with good process, as a programmer, that is one less huge hurdle to cover. Because then it's just a, then, then you're looking at just the larger picture of why did the process need to be this way? Well, it needed this way because we've got AR coming in. We've got these kind of clients because we do government contracts. So we know that it's going to be 90 to 100 to 180 days. Before payment comes through so we need to make sure that everything here is locked down set signed off because it's got to go through 15 different layers of closeout (laughs) before we get a check and so we need to make sure that all of this is done so that it doesn't get kicked back at the last minute and everybody's sitting there i'm going uh you might get your check on thursday you might get it on friday i'll let you know tomorrow um those are real things that that's real stuff you know i mean it's we we laugh but you know again it's Doing the work, doing the work's great. Getting paid for the work is the best part, <laughs> you know? And that comes down the line all the way through. And, and you know, again, it, it just comes from, um, you don't have to be the owner of the company. You don't, you know, we always take, you know, we would say, oh, you know, act like you're the owner of the company. and all but no, no, you're not the owner of the company. You've got different skin in the game. But you can still have pride and craftsmanship. You can still enjoy your work. You can still enjoy that you're making a good living doing something that isn't being necessarily one guy of 300 in a cubicle farm, you know? I mean, people get into control systems programming for very different reasons than they'll go into the tech industry. Um, and part of it is because of the nature of what we do and the fun of what we do. And, you know, the fact that it's always different. Um, and so, you know, there, there is, I think sometimes that's what we mean about ownership, you know, acting like an owner of the company is take owner ownership of your product, of what you generate and take pride in it, because once you do, again, that whole team works better and everything moves through.
0: Dave, I, um, to to you know, talking taking this a little bit further, we talked last time about empathy and and you know being able to effectively manage people by understanding what they do. So, uh, part of that is understanding the technical side of it, and and that that's something that. And the longer you move away from it, the the less you're in it and and sometimes it becomes a little bit less relatable. but it's important, I think and and I think that that um, that's something that provides a little bit of respect. Um, what from a manager's standpoint or what what could you do even if you're not programming every day to to make sure that you're you're staying? sharp and and, you're, and and you you are your team feels like you, you understand them.
3: And that's a really important thing is in my book is I want to make sure that I'm in the position f- to lead the team that I'm responsible for and clear the roadblocks for them. I need them, you know, to your point. I need them programming at 100%. I'm not doing it anymore, but I need to make sure I'm clearing the way for them. So, you know, I think, for me, it starts with communication. Um, you know, I need to make sure that I understand what they perceive as roadblocks. Now, because if, if once my view changes, I've gone and rung up the ladder, I'm looking at the horizon from a whole different a different vantage point. It's really easy for me as a, as a manager to get focused on something that's a different perspective than my team has. So... Constant communication, understanding from their perspective, what can I do to clear the path, um, it, it is really important to me. Um, you know, I think staying relevant on how my team approaches the problems. Not every micro detail. I don't need to know the syntax of the code they're writing, but but for me, I want to understand how we're approaching conceptually the challenges that we're solving for. Um, because it, it helps me, again, make sure I'm keeping consistency within the group, you know, to the point about processes. I'm a big believer of before we introduce a new process, we should get rid of an old one, because you can't just process, 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 process. But to that end, as a, as a manager, it's really easy to say we need to change the process because something happened. Well, it's real, also really important to understand is that a problem that you need to solve? Or was that a data point? Just because something happened once doesn't mean it's worth the effort to solve. Something that happens all the time or has tremendous impact when it does, absolutely that's worth the time to solve. And I think differentiating those two, and again, it comes to that communication with your team. So I know that tr- project went off the rails. XYZ would have solved it, but is that the first project that ever has had that problem? Do we foresee that happening again? I think those are really important questions to ask yourself and your team and get your team's perspective. Because one of the things that it took me way too long to to really realize was that if I can get my team's buy-in on a decision before I make it, it sold itself. If I sit up in my seat and just start telling my team, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. How effective are any of us going to be if all we're doing is being told what to do? It's empowering your team to have a voice. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to make decisions, and I'm not going to make decisions at times that they're not happy with. But if we have that dialogue, and I can be more transparent with my team, I have greater confidence that they'll at least understand where I came from on a decision, even if they don't like it. But they'll understand and they'll respect the decision which means at the end of the day they're going to abide by it they're going to deliver and again my role is to make those decisions so that it gets the most out of the team so that it delivers those results for the company um, so that everyone in the long term is happy and i can't do that without my team so even if i don't remember every way to change you know the 17 settings to change on this widget to put out there, I can't get so fixed up in my TPS reports and doing the business side of things that I lose that empathy that we talked about last time.
0: Um, Mike, I, I wanna take this from a different angle now. We talked, you know how, how, do, how do you as a programmer become a good manager and how do you maintain those skills? But can I challenge that and say, do you have to be a programmer to manage programmers?
2: I think it helps, and I say that because I came from the programming side, right? So I know that's how I did it, and and I I really think it helps because you know the struggles that your team is going through. You've been in the field. You've been there at 2 in the morning still working on a system from the night before. You know how to – you've written code to control devices before, so you can – communicate with them at their level, you've been through the struggles, I think it does help from a communication side to them and also a communication side back to the other parts of the organization. Uh, I know I sit in a lot of meetings every week, I would assume Dave in, in a large organization as well does, right? We're talking to the sales people, the engineering people, the accounting people, the operations staff, the warehouse people. And so having the background of a programmer to go, guys, I don't think that's going to solve problems from a programming side by doing that because we know the programming side. Now, uh, I still program a little bit. You know, it's not 40 hours. It's not every day, every week. But I I still sit at a keyboard and type code every once in a while and keep up that part of the craft, which is a little bit different than... I think some of the other people on the call here. So it's, um, I still kind of maintain that that cross between the two lines uh, of that. Um, so I try and keep that skill updated as well. Am I the most proficient? The most efficient? The quickest at it? No, but uh, I can probably write. I can still write some lines of code and get it done. So
0: just follow up on that. How how do you resist? Um, taking that on, knowing that you might be able to do it uh, be- maybe more efficiently or faster than somebody on your team?
2: It's a time thing, is choosing which, when does it make sense for me to do it? If if we're really, really busy, all the guys are doing stuff, people are out on vacation and sick or traveling, and something needs to be done real quick, I'll go ahead and jump in. If whatever comes up is something I could easily do, but it's a great learning opportunity for somebody else who's got availability, coach that person through it. Go, hey, I think this is a great opportunity for you to work on it. Let me help you through it. Here's the way I would attack it. How about you try and work on it and see if you can can get it done and it, it's just a you know picking and choosing what makes sense at the time with the tasks the timelines of those tasks and you know if something looks fun I might take it if it if it needs a little bit of um from the customer side if they're upset and they need that support of so throwing a a title at it I'll jump on it but uh It's, you know, a run-of-the-mill thing. Oh, this is a standard conference room with a display and a projector or a display and a laptop. Probably not going to take it.
3: (laughs) Well, and I think, too, it it goes to priority. And it's where do you, Mike, add the greatest value to your organization? Is that in, like you say, is that in going and, you know, fighting the fire, throwing a title at a system just so the customer feels a little bit more a TLC? that has great value at times. At the same time, does attending those other meetings, does doing forecasting, does doing estimation, do those things have greater value in the moment? Quite often they do. And so I think it's that making sure that you stay balanced on asking yourself the question before you open your mouth to volunteer just because you could do it. And there's times still that I'm I, I, I fall, temp- I fall to that temptation of, oh, that sounds like fun. To your point, the ones that get me are the ones like, oh, that's an awesome challenge. I'd love to do that. And then I forget that, oh yeah, those other things I committed to and said I'd get done, and now i because I said I was going to do it. Time to pony up. But, uh, but it, but it is. It's about prioritization. I think.
0: Uh, I'm going to wrap up with this and just kind of go around. Um, well. What- Dave, you could take it first. What, what's, what's one skill that you think is most important in, in what you do or, or, you know, how, how have you, um, made, how have you invested in your professional development?
3: Oh, wow. One thing that's, uh, no, there, there's so much you can do. Um, and unfortunately it's not all that it's not like you're spoon fed here. What is the roadmap to go from programmer to leading programmers? Um, for me, I think the biggest, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ignore your thing on one and I'm going to give you two. Yeah. One is I'm a big fan of reading. Um, and whether that's, that's books, whether that's trade um, articles, not from our trade, but from other trades. Um, there, there's a lot of good material out there, um, uh, whether you want to go very tactical, very specific, or very wide and broad. So that's number one. The second is mentorship. Find someone in your organization, in your peer network. Call Uncle Richie, call me, call Mike, call you Steve. Set up some time to once a month, spend half an hour with someone who you respect, someone who has taken part of the journey that you wanna take and just pick their brain. Ask them, how would you solve or how would you approach the challenge or the step that you want to make because somebody has taken the journey that you're looking to take and i'll bet you nine out of ten people you ask for that half an hour a month are going to take you up on it and you know there's you know everyone on this call I'd have no problem hesitating to call up and say, and we talk it before and after these recordings even. You know, I asked Mike, hey, Mike, how's business going? And Mike telling me some of the, and we're not giving de- trade details, but we'll, we all live the same journey. So learn from someone who maybe has gone a little faster than you or fought the battle already to save you.
0: Mike, uh, I'll let you... Next at it, what, what's something that either you've learned or you you do to uh, advance your professional de- development?
2: Yeah, and I, I'm gonna go with Dave on this, and it's reading. Um, you know, it's it, it's picking up the it's pick t- picking up the ebook and, and reading pages on it. Uh, I have about a twenty minute commute to and from the office, and I'm listening to podcasts. You know, podcasts there and back every day. That's forty five minutes of my day. Every day that I'm listening to, to smarter people than me, right? Whether it's AV-focused podcasts, whether it's leadership podcasts. Uh, Dave hooked me into the the modern CTO last time. It's it's learning from those other people, and it's all different topics. But you know, I might get one little nugget out of here, one little nugget out of there, but one nugget every every day, every couple of days. Is then building on to create a bigger thing and, and build up my knowledge and build up my expertise.
0: I, I like it, uh, Rich. I'll let, let you put a bow on it. What's uh, what 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 what's your insight? What are some, what's something that has uh, you you go to to uh, enhance your your skills and your uh, professional development?
1: honestly it's it, it sounds silly but I, I really view it as been part of my success to begin with is just be nice be nice you know it, it's it's and by that let yourself be kind and again not too woo woo west coast up but but vulnerable which is hey you know i i am uh i'm able to say and sitting with yourself and go for that moment, even though we're like we're really good at what we do and programmers have egos and all of these things and I'm the best in our secret sauce, but be able to go, hey, wow, you know, it's, it's feed that curiosity. And that's niceness comes from curiosity, right? To be better, to be a better person, to be a better professional, to be a better programmer. If you want to be a better programmer, focus on being a good person, a better person. And you will be amazed at how things open up. Because a lot of times we close ourselves off because we think, here's the weird part. A lot of times the programmer or that programming mentality, that solo mentality, we don't feel that we're good enough to be in the room for whatever reason, right? You know, yeah, you sit there and you go, I shouldn't be in this room. I don't belong here. So what are they going to get from me? Be nice and and you'll find out all of a sudden and be nice to yourself right that you have something to offer as much as they have offered you and when you have that mindset it builds everything else the curiosity the openness the exchange of ideas the humility to be able to accept right I always tell my guys you have a choice. Um, are you looking to be right, or are you looking to be heard? Because they look similar, but they're two totally different things. And if you're looking to be heard, everything opens up for you. So that—that's Uncle Rich's advice, at least. You know, that's what I try to do.
0: I, I and I, I appreciate all those. And I, I, you know, reading, being around people that are, can lift you up. And the, the, the Jim Rohn quote of uh, you're, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, I think it's a big one that I subscribe to. And, and the other thing that I'll add to that is that I, I've really gotten into writing and, and you think that that wouldn't necessarily help you, but it really helps to gel your thoughts uh, so, just another tip out there. So, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode, and it's been a great chat. And uh, I, I think that there's, there's always uh, more that we can dive into, and and this is, I think, an important topic because if our industry is going to continue to evolve, we need people to be in the management role, and, and being able to bring uh, the programmers across the finish line and make them uh, be- better at what they do, and. And this group of people hopefully helped you out with a little bit with that. And, and it also shows that there's a, a career path, too. Uh, so first, I'd like to start uh, to thank our guests by thanking Dave Hatz from RoomReady. Uh, thanks for being here today. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about RoomReady?
3: So uh, LinkedIn is probably the best way to find me, I'm Dave Hatz. Um, RoomReady.com. Um, certainly check us out as well.
0: Uh, next, uh, Mike Krejci, two, two in a row, we're, we're going to keep our streak alive here, and we'll, we'll definitely have you back soon. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and uh, learn more about CTI?
2: Yep, go to CTI.com, uh, find anything us about us there, any of our companies. Also, uh, find me on LinkedIn, Mike Krejci. Um Emails, Mike.Krejci at CTI.com. Reach out to me.
0: Wonderful, and last but not least, Rich. How can people get in touch with you and um, learn more about what you're up to? Uh,
1: you can find us on the interwebs. There's uh, the website for Gosa Design. Uh, probably Twitter really works well at Art Fergosa. floating around there. Um, there's lots of Facebook groups, by the way. If you're in the programming community, um, make use of them because there are more and more resources. It's a you know it yeah you know I mean I view it as the positive way of being able to see you know cute animal memes and you know technical tidbits but uh, uh but make make use of the you know of the of those things out there my name pops up and i try to help whenever i can um but first and foremost as always i hope where you can find me is here on TV and our suite of shows and uh, obviously here with my good partner steve so uh, another year away we go absolutely so um
0: with that check check out uh, of course resi week and av week where we we both uh, make some appearances now and then and we were both on resi week uh, recently so uh, that was a fun experience and a little bit of a programmer takeover so uh always good to uh, be joining and supporting the shows on av nation so if you haven't already visit the website avnation at avnation.tv um, thank the people the companies that help to make these programs possible uh, those are the supporters that are are uh backing a v nation and um we also would like to hear from you so please um leave a review, share an episode let us know what you like let us know if you want to be a guest um we we want We want to hear from the audience that 's what makes these things popular and important um, for me personally, you can reach me. At Steve Greenblatt on social media, you can also um, visit my company, at Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And just to comment on what Rich said, I think one of the part, parts about social that we encourage is is be yourself. And I think that that's an easy way to make connections because we 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 try to force and and um, focus. I'm sorry on um, what we do, but there, there's always different ways to, to connect with people, whether it's hobbies, preferences, whatever that might be. So, um, it's just, just a lesson and something to keep in mind. You don't have to always keep it uh, all about business. So with that, uh, that's what we have for today. And this has been a state of control.